Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, no episode yesterday. I'm sorry about that. It happens sometimes. And I know I said next episode we we're going to rank the top 15 uh, players left in the playoffs. And I'm hoping we can do that next episode because I can't do it this episode because Colin isn't with us. So usually when I try to do lists, we do them with Colin because it's one of the best things to do with Colin because we get in some good arguments and whatnot. So just doing it by myself. It would still be alright. It would be fine. I mean, I'm sure I'll do lists by myself in the future, but I prefer to do them with him, so I'll just wait on that. Because there's a lot to get to with our Boston sports teams. First, we're going to start off with the Bruins Game 5 win last night. It was a good one. We're going to talk about that first, and we're going to talk about the uh, Celtics Game 3 loss. A little late, but... Again, I didn't get to do an episode. And then we're going to talk about the Red Sox past two games. Uh, blowout win yesterday and the win before. Sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, let's get to the uh, Bruins first. So uh, let's start with that now. All right, so what another magnificently goal-tended game by Tukarask and Sergi Bobr- Bobrovsky. Um, four to three was the final. The Bruins won. Um it was an, it was a lot there was a lot of action that game last night. Uh, both goaltenders were good. Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak stay hot. Like I, as much as I said back game four, so so far game four and game five, I have said they beat Bobrovsky the right way. They're getting the good shots right in front of the net and those second hand shots, uh, second chance shots that I'm talking about. That's been a huge part of their success. But Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak are back, uh, which is great. Uh, like, Bergeron wasn't even that great yesterday, but, you know, peppered Bobrovsky with six shots and still an assist. Uh, I'd say Marshan and Pasternak were, were the real better ones. Uh, Marshan had a goal and two assists. Dave Pasternak with two goals. Bergeron still made an impact. Um, and Rask was great. So that first uh, first period, not much happened. Stayed 0-0. And then you got on the board. Um you had the David Krejci goal, which was kind of like a... It was sort of point-to-point, side-to-side, if you will. It wasn't really point-to-point, but you, you had that little... Uh, not even give-and-go, but you had a fast break in a way. It wasn't... It's like a half-fast break. I don't know how to put it, but it was a fast break. We'll consider it a fast break. And it was a nice pass to Krejci side-to-side. And I say you you can beat Bobrovsky point-to-point. He's always going to make a good save or two on you, but you can beat him point-to-point in front of the net or on second-chance opportunities. And I'd say that was a somewhat of a point-to-point because it was side-to-side. It wasn't the quickest shot by David Krejci, but it was a good shot. It literally was like a little bit of finesse. Like, it went through his legs, and it was a, it was a good shot. I mean, it was it's a way to beat Bobrovsky. Um... You know, so the shot wasn't quick enough, but Krejci placed it perfectly, put the right speed not too hard on it, really, which I think, you know, surprised Bobrovsky a little, goes through his legs, we got a goal, we're on the 4-1-0. I like the start. And then that's all for the second period. The third period was really where it's at. Uh, Martian, another point-to-point goal. So Martian gets a great shot uh, right into the Bobrovsky's left corner. Okay, and Bobrovsky makes a great glove save, but it falls out of his glove, 
Marshand second-hand opportunity score. So it was a point-to-point pass to Marshand. He missed, but then got the second uh, chance opportunity and put it in. Great job by Marshand. Great second effort. Again, another way to beat Bobrovsky. I can't really name a goal this series that hasn't been one of those ways. You're not just going to come up and make a slap shot or a shot on him. They've scored almost all their goals either on second-chance opportunities, uh, point-to-point or, you know, side-to-side. Goals or kind of driving to the hoop and uh, hoop, God, driving to the net and putting a good move on Bobrovsky or just doing like a little finesse shot, something like that. Um, and Br- Marshan, they tried to beat him point to point and then he couldn't, so he beat him with the second chance opportunity. Great job by Marshan, but nothing Bobrovsky really could have done about that. He made a fantastic save, he sprawled out, and then, you know, what are you going to do? Marshan just put taps it in. Like, nothing you can do about that. Should have probably been a body on Marshan. Um, but it's just how it goes sometimes. And then by this point, you're up two to nothing, and then we had the, um, what's his name? Seth Jones uh, goal. This one was debatable. I didn't really see it cross the goal line until the replay. Like, I thought, all right, save. But then the replay apparently showed, apparently, showed that it was a goal. You know, really could have gone either way. Um, Obviously, there had to be enough evidence, so there must have been. Um, And at that point, I was like, all right, you're still up 2-1. This happened the last game, and we ran away with it from there. I don't know what to say because we didn't really run away with it. Uh, game four, we did not this, not exactly this game. Let's just put it that way. So now we're up two to two to one, and then the David Prosternock strikes. Um, excuse me. This was the goal where Prosternock comes up right up to Bobrovsky, and you know, he's driving to the net, if you will, and just. It looked like almost he was shifted toward Bobrovsky's center, so it almost looked like he was going to shoot it in Pasternak's upper right-hand corner to the right, and I think Bobrovsky kind of leaned a little to his left, Pasternak's right, and Pasternak put it in left. It was a great shot by Pasternak because there still wasn't a whole lot of net to see on the left side. And he kind of got Bobrovsky leaning a little right and then put it in left. It was a nice goal. It was a great answer back by Posternock and was not the last goal he had on the day. So at this point, I'm feeling confident. All right, we're up 3-1. It, it looked good, right? And then all of a sudden, what was that? Like, it was at around the 12-minute mark, 10-minute mark. Uh, there's a goal. Um, it was the Ryan Dezengel Dezengel. Goal and he gets he gets it on his left side and puts it in right over Tukaraski's sh- shoulder, right on the upper hand corner. I was like, oh brother! At that point, that goal just kind of struck me like, all right, this game is not over. Okay, a three-two. I had a little, little bit of a bad suspicion something bad was starting to happen. Like, okay, here we go. Um, but we still won. But then all of a sudden, the Dean Kukin. Goal. I don't know how to say his name. It's like Kukan, Kukin. Um, but he had his first Stanley Cup playoff goals, slap shot. Didn't even look like he knew it went in at first, and it went in. And at that point, I was just like, "Here we go again." I, I thought, I, I thought at that point, I thought we might blow the game. I really thought there was a good chance the Blue Jackets were gonna pull away. And I was like, "Oh, you had a crumble in these last ten minutes," and then 
I'm like, all right, on the edge of my seat. Um, a minute, minute and a half left. I think it was with a minute 28 left. Pasternak nets in another goal. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, the crowd went wild. It was a side-to-side goal, if you will, and Pasternak put it right in at that point. You felt good. You were like, all right, never mind. You, you, could t- you could breathe. You still thought the Blue Jackets were in it because, you know, you never know, especially with Rask. But you could breathe a little again. You're like, all right, all right, maybe this, this won't happen. Then, with 14 seconds left, Cam Atkinson gets a great look at the front of the net. What a save by Tuka Rask. It wasn't a phenomenal, I wouldn't even say Sports Center top 10 save, but it was a good one. Uh, right in front of the net, Atkinson gets a good whack at the puck, pretty much right outside the crease. Rask with a nice save. Um, and that 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 didn't even seal the deal yet. Uh, then the Blue Jackets got another shot with around nine seconds left that McAvoy blocked. Uh, and then the, the he was on top of the puck. They're all scrap. They're trying to poke the puck from under his legs, and they couldn't get it in time. The buzzer sounded, and the Bruins won four to three. Uh, it was it was nice, but it, you know that that game w- was a good one. Uh, I'd say they played slightly better in game uh, four, but they still played phenomenal in game five. I think they really outplayed the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets obviously had that good five-minute stretch or so, and really they, they they fought hard. The Blue Jackets want this series, you can tell, and they wanted it at the end of that game. Down 3-1, they scored, they scored again, they almost scored at the end there too. Good save by Roscoe. Bobrovsky's been hard to beat, don't get me wrong, but you're starting to figure things out. You're making them look human again, thank God. Um, 36 shots on net, uh, shots faced for Rofsky, and he saved 32, which isn't, you know, incredible, but it's not bad. He was pretty good last night. You had some really good shots and beat him the way you're supposed to. And then Rask faced 36 shots as well and had 33 saves. So obviously Rask had the same amount of shots, just less, let in one less. So Rask had the better night, um, slightly, but it was both goalies were very good. Although the save percentage for Tukarask used uh, 917, which is around average, and Bobrovsky was at 889. Don't get me wrong, Bobrovsky's save percentage, 889, if you don't know, is low. But Bobrovsky was still good last night. He was. I have to give him credit. The defense, like not putting a body, body on Marsha and letting up so many fast break opportunities, I thought Bobrovsky was still good. Um, but, you know, the defense for the Blue Jackets was not great last night. They gave you a lot of fast-break opportunities, and you capitalized. So, hopefully we can keep doing the same. We can close things out. We are down 2-1. We came back in Game 4, and same thing in Game 5. So, we'll see how Game 6 goes. Um, I still think Game 6 is big, because going into... All of a sudden, the Blue Jackets can tie up the series, and we're, we're back. We're back at you know, 2-2 essentially again, and now it's all even once again. Sure, you're going to the TD Garden, but I, I like the Bruins odds. Let's just say that. But if if we can play the way we've played in Game 4 and Game 5, especially offensively, and we can catch that Blue Jackets defense sleeping a little, we can win. We can definitely win. 
you know, there's a few complaints about last game, last night's game, but both teams just played really well. Okay, the only complaint I'd say with the Blue Jackets is the defense. Can't let up that many, you know, open fast break opportunities. Uh, I know it's you can slack off a little with the goalie like Bobrovsky, but not that much. Uh, but no, both teams are playing really well. We'll see how game six goes. Uh, it was a great game last night, but now we're... We were on a positive note. Now we're going to go to a negative note with the Celtics. Then we're going to go back to a positive note with the Red Sox. So now we're going to have to get to the negative note of the day, the Boston Celtics game three loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, so if you haven't heard already, the Boston Celtics lost 123-116 to at the TD Garden, a very crucial game three against the Milwaukee Bucks to go down 2-1 in the series. I thought this could really be a series decider. Uh, if you know, if you heard the podcast a few episodes ago, I said game one was going to be a very crucial game for the Celtics and really the only game in the series that they really won't have to completely earn. Um, the, the Bucks are still a young team. They're going to not be that sharp because they're coming off a sweep. You're coming off a sweep too, but that Bucks team, they're going to be like, oh, this is so easy. You know, they're going to be like, after that Pistons series, this is really easy. You know, they haven't played in a while. They're not going to have total focus and really know what to expect. This is a different monster in the Celtics. And you stole that first game. And I said, all right, good job. I like where we're heading. And I think we can really win this series. But let's not overhype this game one now because the Bucks were not themselves. If they, They're going to really realize, all right, you know, we're dealing with a different monster here. And they're going to come out and play differently. You know, they did in game two. It was like, all right, I'm okay with you taking one or two in Milwaukee, but you're going to need to at least take one or two in, at the TD Garden. So game four is now a must win. Game three was crucial, but game four, if you lose, you're done. Okay? I'll pack your bags. You're done. You keep fighting, obviously, but it's you, the odds are against you. It is a 30% chance they can win the series now. Like, that game three really, you know, hurts. But Giannis was very good. Uh, 32 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists in 39 minutes. I mean, Giannis, my problem with the Celtics, what they're doing on defense, why aren't we double-teaming Giannis at half court? The double teams were coming way too late. Way too late. They were coming at the three-point line. They were coming when Giannis was driving to the hoop. Why were the double teams coming so late on Giannis? You know you have to double-team this guy, and I know if you double-team Giannis at half-court, he's just going to find someone on his team to just shoot a three, and they're probably going to make it because that's just how this Bucks team goes. They're perfectly built. They shot 41% from three. They couldn't miss. They're 15 for 37. It seemed they could not miss. You were about as good, too, but... Uh, slightly less efficient at 40%, but you hit 16, they hit 15. But the double teams were way too late. This is what Brad Stevens is making. Sorry for the banging, by the way. Um, But Brad Stevens is an X and O's coach. He should have picked this up. He should have. He should have picked up. We need to guard double team Giannis at the three point uh, at half court. I know, yes, he can dish it out for three to one of his players just to hit the three, but that's why we rotate on defense and you had to try to beat them another way. If the, you know, you had to try to make them beat you another way. Cause they were just doing the same thing. If they're doing the same thing and it keeps working, you got to change it up. Even if you're sitting here saying, you know, I don't even know if this will work. Well, that game plan's not working. So try something else. Maybe let's try to double team him at half court. I, again, I, I'm going to keep stressing it. Why didn't we do that? We're doing it at the three-point line. We'd even just collapse when he was driving to the hoop. Why? Way too late. 
So that's something Brad Stevens must pick up on. Uh, other than that, Miritich was solid. 13 points, 3 rebounds in 29 minutes. Brooke Lopez was pretty quiet. Chris Middleton had a solid game, around average. Uh, Eric Bledsoe was under average. So you look at what they did. Giannis was a beast. You know, Giannis was being Giannis, but then Mirtich had an average game. Lopez had even a little under average for him. Middleton had an average game. Bledsoe had an under average game. Ilyasova had like an average game, 5.6 rebounds. So how'd they beat you? And then Snell had two points. Who cares? So how'd they beat you? George Hill and Pat Connington stepped up and really played over average. George Hill was in the right place at the right time, 21 minutes. He really picked up Bledsoe's slack. He he could not miss George Hill. He was hitting midcourt. He was hitting him from three. He was driving to the hoop. He was dunking, and he was just in the right spot at the right time. Connington just could not miss from three. He's making he's falling down at the end of the first half, hitting these threes, but. You know, they were hitting their shots. You know they're going to do it, but you have to stop Giannis. He's the source of it all. If you can stop Giannis and get him frustrated, you know, I like your odds. He's still young. He's still learning. He may be a superstar, but he's still learning. And if you can kind of frustrate him and you stop him like you did in game one and force them to beat you with the three ball, they're going to do the same thing to you. Give them their their medicine. I know they have a lot of good three-point shooters, but – you got to try something else. You know, Just leaving someone with Giannis one-on-one just is not going to work. You've seen it. Game three, perfect example. This is the first time this century we have let up over 120 points back-to-back games. The defense isn't working, so where's Brad Stevens with this, these X's and O's? He's one of the best at it. He should have figured that out. I figured it out. It, it, it was obvious. We need to pick them up double team at half court. And yes, that leaves one of their great three-point shooters open because literally the whole rest of the team's three-point shooters, I know. But they had to beat you a different way. And I know they were hitting their threes, but you got to do something. Even just rotate, put pressure. Like, you had to do something else. It wasn't working. Brad Stevens has to pick that up. Uh, And then on your side of the ball, Tatum... Tatum was solid, 20 points, 11 rebounds. He's been quiet of late, so that was good. Marcus Morris was solid. I'll take 16 points and eight boards from him every day. Uh, Al Horford was solid. Uh, He was all right defensively, 17 points, eight rebounds, five assists. I'll take that from Horford. Again, average. Irving, 29 points, three rebounds, six assists in 42 minutes. Not bad. Uh, In 42 minutes, I'd expect at least, you know, a few more assists or points from Kyrie. So hopefully, you know, if he's playing 42 minutes again, maybe he can crack 30 points and seven assists. But I can't ask for too much more, but a little room for improvement. Brown was solid, uh, 18 points, five rebounds, two assists. Hayward, 10 points, uh, not great. Rozier just dropped an egg. Ojale was all right. I'll take Ojale's type game. But... You know, why was Aaron Baines playing two minutes, though? That that was something else. Like, I like to see Semi Ojale play just for the whole Giannis thing, but Baines is a good defender inside. I, I think he deserved a few more minutes. Like, Marcus Morris. Mar- Morris played good, but, like, he's so inconsistent in the fact that Morris is not a great defender. He can be a little scrappy, but he's more of just a stretch big offensively. Morris is not really – he gives – you know, he cares a little bit about defense, but I'll take Aaron Baines, please. 
Baines, I want to see a little more Baines. A little less Marcus Morris and a little more Baines just to help prevent the bleeding with Giannis Antetokounmpo. You didn't play bad, and I know the whole referee thing. I didn't bring it up for this particular reason. I don't want to complain about the refs. I don't want to say the refs were the reason we lost because there were plenty of reasons. Our defense wasn't good. Um, It really wasn't. Uh, they shot 51% from the field. You only shot 43. So you were not great inside the paint. They killed you inside the paint. They had 52 points. You had 24. They doubled your points and more. You were horrible in the paint. You got destroyed. That's why you need a guy like Aaron Baines, who only played two minutes, and we had Marcus Morris out there playing 30, which is fine. Marcus Moore should be playing more than Aaron Baines, but he can't play defense. Baines can. Let's put Baines in to help us inside the paint. Morris is a stretch big that's not really a great defender. Baines is an inside-the-paint defender and a guy who can help you score more points in the paint than Marcus Morris. He may not be much of a scorer, but Morris inside the paint? Ha! That's a joke. Oh, my God. And the free throws by Giannis were ridiculous. What do you have, 21 free throws? That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I try not to complain about the refs because there were other reasons we lost, but they might have cost you that game for the fact that Giannis taking 21 free throws, that is ridiculous. And that call on Jalen Brown on Eric Bledsoe touched Eric Bledsoe. I'm pretty sure it was Bledsoe. It was Bledsoe or Hills. One of them. Touches them and gets a foul. I was like, are you kidding me? Okay, so I try not to complain about the rest, but there were some things. Giannis taking 21 free throws, that foul on Jalen Brown, some of those calls were absurd. You took 32 free throws, they took 36. You made 30, they made 24. They were horrible from the free throw line. But that being said, Kyrie Irving said it best. It prevented you from making a run in the time you needed to make one. You started the game off well, outscored them 30-25 to 25 in the first quarter. Then you kept it rolling until the end of that second quarter. And then the third quarter, they just kept going. That third quarter was ridiculous. 40 points by the Bucks because the flow of the game was constantly stopped by those refs. The refs are constantly stopping play because Giannis got fouled. Giannis got fouled. No, he uh, – stop. Stop, stop, stop. You're preventing you know, the Celtics from making a run. Like Kyrie said, you still scored 31 points. Your best offensive quarter was somehow the third. The third quarter where the Bucks killed you was your best offensive quarter. But – that's what I'm saying, trying to say, is that was your best offensive quarter. If there's no fouls, if they don't call as many fouls like they were, which was absurd. There's an absurd amount of fouls in that third quarter. If they don't call as many, you get to go on some runs and potentially win that game in that third quarter because you were playing really good offensively in that quarter, but the flow of the game kept getting stopped. The re- I'm sorry, that was that was bad. That was really bad. Oh, that was oh, that was horrible. <sighs> that was bad. <sighs> Hopefully, though, game four, we can bounce back. We can pick up Giannis at half court. You know, the refs can be a little better. I don't want to blame the refs for our loss, but it's tough not to in a game like that. But there were other reasons. You know, I, I'm going to go out and, you know, throw the refs under the bus for something like that, but I don't want to say they're the reason we lost because there were things that we could have done better. Uh, so, yeah, calling on the Anchor mobile app, your thoughts. Can they win game four? Uh, what do you think was the main reason they lost game three? Not counting the refs. Um, but, yeah, just call in anything even. But you can answer that question if you want. So, yeah, Anchor mobile app. Um, but now we're going to move on to now a positive note. The Boston Red Sox passed – Two games, uh, including a Chris Sale win. So let's get to that. 